You are listening to the Backstage Pass podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tommy. Hello, Katie Ray. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Good, I'm good. I say Katie Ray, but isn't that your artist name? Is that the name you go under as a producer as well? Yeah, yeah. It's just my overall music name, to be honest. Yeah, I don't ever use anything else. The transition from artist to producer was that because you were diversifying or necessity or change of focus how did that kind of happen for you well I had my artist project for about four years when I was younger and I did two EPs and I had a good time um I was really young I started it when I was like 15 um yeah and I did loads of gigs I had I had I had a really good time being an artist but I went to university and did songwriting and after I left I had all these plans to keep going with my artist project I had songs lined up I was like ready to record stuff and I just never did it I just never felt like I really wanted to carry on for some reason and so we um, got this room built down the bottom of my garden at my parents house and um, I was like, oh, like that would be a really great writing space. So I was like, I'm going to take a break from my artist project for a bit whilst I figure things out and yeah. convince my parents to let me change this into a writing space. Um, and then I just started texting every artist I knew being like, can I please write for your project? Like I'm, I'm taking a bit of a break, but I'd love to co-write with you. And I started getting like little cuts here and there with my friends and other independent artists. And then in those sessions, I got like, a mic that was like I had a mic that was like 30 quid from when I was younger and I already had logic as well from being at uni um so I was making these like little acoustic demos and they eventually turned into me being like oh I'd actually really like to add some harmonies to that or oh that would sound really great with some extra piano and a bit of bass and oh oh there's this thing called splice and I can make all these drums (laughs) because I had all these people coming around and I had all these songs and most of them I just sent them the guitar and the vocal and then in the evening I'd like just experiment with on their songs by myself Um, and then eventually turned into me being confident enough to send people the stuff I was experimenting with um and then I people started being like oh can you actually like produce my songs and I was like I'm a producer I just thought I was you know like a writer who (laughs) dabbled in production a little bit but yeah that's that's that was kind of the transition um and then I ended up getting really obsessed with production and now I guess yeah now I'm a producer so that's the story is producing your primary focus now it has been in lockdown just because I think the writing yeah. is has been really difficult. Um, but I'd say my the writing and the producing is pretty equal, pretty equal now for me. Because I love both equally, to be honest. I couldn't choose one over the other. So I do call myself a writer-producer. Yeah, that makes sense. I was talking to, we had Lauren on as a guest. Ah, uh, she's my best Davis. friend. I know you. <laughs> Actually, we were both singing your praises, obviously. Yeah, um, bless you guys. Because I said that I'd had a writing session with you and that and that it was just... That it was a great session and I was surprised that you'd, at that point, I think you'd said that you'd only been producing for, I think you said you'd been producing, like producing, producing for like six months or something like that. Yeah, I've been. And I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> How is that? And she, and so Lauren was just saying, you know, that um, she, she said that she feels like you're the most naturally talented producer she's ever met. And I know that you're best friends, so maybe she's biased, but I also... You know, you seem to have picked it up really fast. 
How did you do that? I think it was honestly because I was doing sessions as a writer for quite a while, like probably over a year with producers before I started trying to do it myself. I'd been like watching everyone I knew and like taking in all that information and asking them questions and just like I mean you sit in the back of a session and for at least the last like two hours you're just watching the producer and the vocalist track in the demo and so I think I picked up a lot from that Um, and I also knew how to play piano and guitar already so I was already lucky in that respect that the musical side already made sense in my brain so I didn't have to struggle with that um Mm. But yeah, and I, I think also just really loving it helps because when it's difficult, you like push through because then you're like, oh man, I actually finally made the sound I was going for. And it is very obsessive. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person that can't stop thinking about something until you do it, then production is definitely for you because it will absolutely consume your brain. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's how I think I I like just got into it pretty quickly it's one of those things isn't it It takes such a long time that if you're not if you don't love it it's very it'd be very easy to to stop yeah and I think like also just having a network of musicians and producers like Lauren around me already if I had anything that I was like I don't know how to do this I just call them up and be like hey how do you do this the amount of whatsapp videos I've sent to people (laughs) in the past two years being like so I've got this problem on logic and I think you can solve it because I don't know how to do it um and YouTube is a big resource for me as well but yeah oh yeah so have you got any particular like YouTube channels that you would say are particularly good for like production tips that you've used so I really like make pop music that's a really good channel um they do production videos where it's really specific to a genre in pop and stuff so they'll do like how to make a loud style track or how to make something that sounds like Dua Lipa or like Julia Michaels vocal processing and I found that really useful because I'd go into YouTube and I type in vocal chain and it would be like all these guys just filming their screen and it would be on a metal song or an EDM song and I'd be like well that's not the kind of vocal processing I want to learn and so I found that channel super helpful Mm. for the current mainstream stuff Um, and there's also a girl who doesn't upload to YouTube but she does some amazing stuff on Instagram called Alina and she's part of a, a female vocal not vocal production duo called Lyra I think that's how you pronounce it and she uh, okay. she uploaded um, song breakdowns um, on her Instagram and they're like 10 minutes long and I'd always watch them and be really excited for her to upload them and it was just so interesting and also really inspiring to see, see um, a female producer doing that as well. And I also recently yeah. found another girl who does really good YouTube tutorials called Alina Does Audio Stuff. I think her channel's called, but it's spelled L-N-A. Do you think you'll ever go back and just be an artist again the thought of touring and releasing oh it just fills me with anxiety honestly (laughs) um I remember isn't it it is and I don't know how you guys do it like building up to a release and having all those plans and you plan stuff what like six months in advance a lot of the time and then everything leading up to one day and it's it was so much stress honestly and I really love to be able to do a load of different genres and feel like I'm you know fulfilling my potential in a lot of different areas and it's just kind of 
yeah, it's it's a lot healthier for my brain, I think. Being obsessed with uh yeah. with how Lau produces a song is not healthy for my brain. But um <laughs> being able to do all those different projects definitely is. I was speaking to one of my friends who's uh, a producer and he just said um for him like he was going to start an artist project but then he realized the amount of what he would call bullshit that goes along with that. When you're an artist I feel like you get judged on so many different things that aren't your music. Um, yeah. And I hated that. I just, like, I just hated being like, oh, what am I going to wear? What, like, what's my hair going to do? I've got, oh, I've got to do my makeup for this photo shoot and then I've got to go there and then I've got to play this gig and everyone's, you know, going to be judging my personality and my my appearance mm. and what I said about this and what are my opinions on that. But when you're a producer or someone who works behind the scenes, people just go, I love that song. That's great. How did you make that synth sound? And they don't care. Like they don't care. They don't care about all the other stuff. It's like, do you make good music and are you talented? Yes. Cool. That's like, you know. I've seen that you've um, started doing more TikTok videos and they're (laughs) awesome. I was obviously really bored and I didn't have sessions in because I mean, no one was, no one was coming around. And like the online session thing hadn't really started to be a thing yet so it was like a couple of like weeks before um and I was just I just had this idea and I was like oh I I'm gonna do these TikToks where I like pick a song out of a pot and pick an artist out of a pot and do that song in the style of that artist so the first one I did was um I picked out um I'm So Tired by Lauv and then I picked out Taylor Swift as the artist and then I made I'm so tired in the style of 1989 Taylor Swift. Um, and that like blew yeah. up on the app and I was like, oh, like that that was really fun. And like, I had a good time doing it. So I did a few more. And then the other day I did one that was like, I made Should Have Said No, which was like an OG Taylor country song into it sounding like it was off reputation. Um, and yeah, it's going pretty good, but it's like, it doesn't feel the same as being on social media as an artist because I'm not trying to like prove anything to anyone. I'm kind of just on there to have fun and also like inspire other like women to pick up production, other female artists, just like out there being representation um, for those people who want to get into into audio. So yeah, it, it feels very different than being on social media as an artist because I just feel like I don't really... I, it's just like a different thing. I'm doing stuff that I actually really like. I guess you don't feel like you need to do that. If you didn't do that, then you'd still be doing production. Yeah, totally. It's like I took like a, a month and a half break out of doing it. And then I came back and like everyone was still there. And like I made some more content and it got loads of views. And I was like, wow, this like, it didn't matter that I took a month and a half break of posting stuff. Um, yeah. Because I was still working on things outside of the app like social media isn't your life when you're a producer really and I love being on it just to like share what I'm getting up to and stuff but you could definitely have a career without being as prolific as an artist on social media so in terms of what you use kit wise I can see a little bit of it behind you but um give us a little rundown of what gear you have in there so this is my new baby um it's a Neumann TLM 103 nice I don't have like the most powerful kit like I'm still using my focus right I think it's a scarlet um but I am getting an Apollo twin very soon which I'm very excited about but I've literally been using that since I started producing and then I just have 
my MacBook as well. And I've got some Rocket KRK um, fives, which aren't that great for mixing, but they're really good for production sessions because they just, they make everything sound good. Like they sound, they sound very exciting and the bass is quite good. So I find in writing sessions, you don't have to mix very much for it to sound good. And then you can kind of fix everything later, but they're not flat. Right. Yeah. They are like, they're, they're DJ speakers predominantly, but I think they sound, they're like <laughs> good for what I use them for because I'm not a mix engineer. Uh, my friend Gareth, um, he mixes all of my stuff. Um, and I was doing this cover for TikTok the other day and he came on Zoom with me for an hour and I like shared my screen with him and he was talking me through how to do um how to do like my vocals a little bit better and some other techniques on like and putting stuff on the master channel just to make it pop a little bit more and explaining a few different um a few different things like get your bass and kick sitting right and it was actually super interesting I learned a lot from just like being on being on zoom with him for an hour but it's definitely you it's like it's definitely not something that I would get as obsessive about as the creative side of being a producer I guess a lot of mixes were previously producers right so maybe at some point you'll suddenly be only a mixer (laughs) maybe I think I definitely miss the writing and just the making the sounds and stuff is honestly the funnest thing about it a lot of the time um so I don't know maybe like a lot of people are producers and mixers but I don't feel like I I just haven't been a producer for long enough to have all that experience. Um, and it's definitely something I want to learn more about. I know that you like often write in pop, aren't you? But is there any other genre that is one that you really enjoy producing? So I quite like doing country, honestly. I'm working on a country track at the moment and I haven't done one in a while. And I just really love it because I've been to Nashville a couple of times and I write a lot for um, for country artists, but I don't really ever get the chance to produce country, mainly because country artists normally they go to a big studio with like live drums and all these guitars going on, and it's it's normally quite like a live sounding thing. But I'm doing the country pop track at the moment, which I'm really enjoying. Um, so that's definitely something I'd love to do more in the future when I like expand on my gear and like my space and stuff like that. If you if you're recording live drums, that's you need quite a big space for that don't you yeah and you need a a space that's like treated well enough like I don't this room is not treated for recording drums to be honest um I don't think you could fit a drum kit in here with everything else I have going on um (laughs) it's a great little space though in there oh yeah it's, it's great for what I use it for honestly it's like the perfect like pop production writing studio space um but yeah, when I, you know, when I'm like 40 and I've got this massive studio, oh, I'm getting like a live room and I'm going to record some sick country songs, honestly. Nice. <laughs> so I guess you're programming the drums that you have in the tracks and you're using Splice mostly for that? Or do you use... Yeah, yeah. mostly Splice. Um, some other stuff I've got from a few other people. When you're a producer and you're friends with other producers, you people end up just end up with like the random randomest samples from different songs and they're just like oh I recorded some drums in this song uh, and we made them into samples do you want to have them and you're like yeah sure um <laughs> so I have a lot of random things from that um and yeah. also that website I mentioned earlier that make pop music YouTube channel the guy who runs that channel Austin he makes sample packs as well and I love the drums from their sample packs so I have quite a few of those and um, but apart from that I think yeah 
that's all I have at the moment. I don't feel, I mean, Splice is just so huge and you can do so much with it. I, like, I haven't really felt the need to expand beyond what I have. I'm always finding new things to try out and download. Um, and I've been experimenting with making some more of like my own percussion, especially since I got this new mic, which has been really fun. Yeah. But um, for general drums, yes, Splice is honestly the one. And then these extra bits around the side that I also use. I've often asked producers this before, but I, I, I'm always interested to hear the answer because people seem to have different opinions about this. But do you feel like when you immediately get like the next level up of kit that you are immediately making better music? I don't think that better kit makes your music, like you're at the quality of what you're putting out in terms of like ideas and songwriting and stuff better. But for example, yeah. like when I got this mic, I wanted to spend like the whole day doing stuff with it. And <laughs> I still am like, oh, I can go and like make stuff with my new mic. So it does inspire you to to do different things. And it just opens up a lot of doors for you as well. Um, right. Because now I've got this mic, I'm like, oh, I can record guitars really nicely. And I can just like, my vocals are going to sound better. And I'm just going to sound overall more professional. Um, mm. But to be honest, if I had this mic when I first started, my vocals still would have sounded terrible because I didn't know what I was doing. So it is like, it's like a balancing thing, really, I think. Yeah. Did you have to do a lot of, um, you know, like research behind what kind of mic you were going to get? Or did you know that that was the one anyway? Um, I mainly asked other producers what they thought. Um, okay. And I'd used this mic a couple of times in other people's studios. And that's how I knew yeah. I really liked it. Um, mostly because I just, I think it sounds great on female vocals and you can, a lot of the artists I record, um, and a lot of what I like to record is like that really close up breathy pop sound. Um, and this mic is really good for that. So I thought, oh, I'll get something that's a bit versatile, but it does that thing that I, that I'm good at doing really well. Um, because I looked at a couple of others. I looked at the Slate, um, modeling mic um, but I just thought like I didn't need, I didn't need something that was giving me that many options. I just wanted something that was really good at what it what it does. Um, and I think um, Phineas right. uses this mic as well. So that was also a big selling point for me. I was like, mm. <laughs> he knows yeah. what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair play. That would have swayed any decision, I think. Yeah, but I had tried out quite a few mics beforehand um, just at different studios and lending them with friends. And that's how I just decided to get this one. But it's one that I'm going to have for a long time. Like, I I can't see myself really... Like, it's just a good little mic to have in your... What's mm. it called? In your, in your studio. Yeah. Do you have any things in the studio that, like, accessory-wise, so not, like, gear-wise, but, like, little things that have just made your life a, a lot easier? Um, this is really boring, but I love stuff like this though. I it's will not show boring you. to me. So I have like a little kitchen area in my studio. Yeah. But um it was really annoying having to take all the stuff from the studio up and down. And I also needed a little table for the studio if people to have like tea and coffee on. So my mum got me this this little table that this goes on the legs and then it's like also oh, a yes. tray. Excellent. So you can take all the mugs up to the house because I'm down in the garden um you can take all the mugs up to the house and then you can also bring stuff down on it and then you can bring like lunches and dinners down it's just like you know 
that's like a really good studio accessory that I've got. Excellent. Also, <laughs> I love my little, I don't know if you can see it. I actually might be able to see it on the camera. Um, I've got like a little salt lamp that Betsy Gold got me for my birthday. Um, she's an oh, artist yeah. that I write and produce for a lot. And I love that. I love that thing. It's apparently meant to like make you happier. I can't remember. She wrote it on the little card, like what science is behind salt lamps, but it's something to do with like making you happy. So she bought me one of those and now it's permanent ah. feature in the studio, which I also like yeah. having. <laughs> is it working? I think so. It may, uh, you know what? It looks nice and I like looking at it. So if it's working in that respect. It does look nice, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I love little things like that. I love little, even, you know, like recently I was looking online at um, a wire organizer. I mean, the most boring thing that you could possibly, you know, like a lead organizer. Yeah. Do you have, do you have one of those? No, but what I do have is... I have like a USB hub, which is super useful. I think every producer probably has one of those anyway, just because MacBooks, they don't have enough um, like inputs. Like I'm just constantly using that thing. But no, I do need to get a lead organizer, but my USB hub kind of organizes a lot of the stuff for me. Oh, nice. Um, But yeah, no. That's chilling then. I also have a, like a wire board, you know, like one of those like boards that you like clip stuff to. Yes. Yeah, I've got one of those and I've like clipped all the EPs that people have brought out that I've like written some songs on or produced for and stuff. So I really like that as well. It's just like nice to look at when you get in. Yeah, that's nice. I saw as well when we were writing that there was a, there's like a board. Uh, isn't it the artists have like drawn a self-portrait or something? Oh yeah, I still have, they're in a book now because it was getting too full and I was like, well, I don't want to, I don't want to take people off the wall. <laughs> so now I'm just like sticking them all in a book. But yeah, um, when people come right in my studio, I had this, um, this cork board up and they'd like draw a little self-portrait of themselves and sign it and then like stick it on the cork board because um, I had a friend who did Polaroids and they'd take a Polaroid picture yeah. of everyone who came to their studio. And I looked at that and I was like, that's too damn expensive. So I was like, okay, people <laughs> yeah. are going to draw, draw a little picture of themselves. Thanks for the tips for the kind of new producers that may be watching or listening to this. Um, do you have any other tips in terms of transitioning from an artist to being a producer? Hmm. I would say use the network you have already because if you are an artist and you're already doing things you hopefully know a lot of other artists and a lot of other writers and producers that you're already friends with you already have in your network because that that was the biggest thing for me in getting my first cuts and just having that support network of people who love what you do already and want to support you onto the next thing like start like yeah. going from artist to producer isn't really starting again because you've already you've already established yourself as working in music so you're just kind of changing your angle a bit it must be hard kind of it depends what you want to do doesn't it because if you if you if you know that you want to be a producer then you just follow that through is that how you felt you were, did you just wake up one day and think screw this I'm just gonna songwrite and be a producer I I think I did see myself going and doing maybe even a slightly different artist thing up until about a year ago but that was also the time where I just really started one not wanting to do it and also just like really loving the writing and producing side of things and just not having that that need to do my own thing 
or have a name out as yeah. an artist or do the gigs or do the touring or do the releasing. Whilst I feel like a lot of artists I speak to, they're like, oh God, like touring's my absolute favorite thing in the world and I could never do anything else. And I just, I love doing all this music, but I just didn't have that. And if, I was like, well, if I don't have that passion that all those other artists have, like I shouldn't be doing that because all these artists I work with, they're just, they are so passionate about what they do. And that's how I feel about mm. writing and producing, but it's probably never how I felt about being an artist. And that's when I was like, oh no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I definitely made the right choice. Yeah. Plus when you hear it from somebody else, like how they feel about it, it kind of it solidifies that. Choice, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. And also people were saying like, oh, you're actually like, you're, you're getting pretty good at producing. And I was like, am I? <laughs> oh, cool. I guess I'll do this. <laughs> You know, you said that you were watching YouTube videos and kind of learning through friends to get to the point you're at now with production. How many YouTube videos are we talking? Like, is it is it intense? Is it like a few videos a day? Is it like, were you, were you watching a lot of videos before you even started really um, getting into it? Or? Honestly, no. I would, I would kind of, I'd write stuff or I'd have a song written from a session yeah. and then I'd just... I'd start just adding, I already had splice um, and I would just start adding stuff in until something went wrong <laughs> or I didn't know how to do something. And then I'd Google it or type it into YouTube and then learn it and then go back to the project, uh. fix it and keep going. So I yeah. definitely think not getting too hit up on watching too many videos is, yeah, don't watch too many videos because it it will just put like all this information in your head that you don't need all at once. Because um, the funnest bit about yeah. producing is just experimenting. And I definitely feel like I made a lot of dis production decisions based on the fact that I didn't know anything. And I was actually making something cool because I wasn't doing things by the book. And because, yeah, yeah. If, that, if that makes sense, like me, me and Betsy, um, we always just put the most stupid things in our tracks. Like we've put like, um, we found a really horrible splice pack that had some like very not safe for work noises in it. And we sampled one of them <laughs> and put them in her first song. Um, and then we've also crunched tortilla chips for snares. And we've also played paracetamol packets. Wow. So it's just like, because we're just like, we're like, ah, it will probably work. So let's just do it. Um, I think that's definitely a good attitude to have. Yeah, yeah so definitely. don't be scared to just do stuff because if it doesn't work you can just delete it like no one's ever gonna know so have you made a sample pack before no I haven't but it's something I really want to try um yeah it looks it looks like a really cool thing to do yeah I um I follow this girl called Kara. I think it's Kara or Kara. I'm not sure how she pronounces her name um but she makes all these splice vocal packs and she's a really talented vocal yeah. producer and I've used a lot of her samples um and yeah I, it just seems like a really fun thing to do. I was thinking about maybe doing one that was like all like all the weird stuff that you have left over from sessions, like the tortilla crunching. And I don't know, like me, yeah. me and my friend yeah. Beth, we made these, like we wrote this song called Underwater and we were like, oh, we should put some like whale sounds in it, but like distort them. So we're just like at the back of the room going like, like this and then just like messing with them Great. in logic but it actually sounds legit when you put it in the track and you add some reverb and some pitch correct um wow. but yeah it's just it's it's not all like oh I'm gonna make this massive EDM drop and like you know oh I've got to get really technical about my EQ it's like oh let's stand at the back of the room with a 
blanket over our head and make whale noises. I don't know. That's apparently how I produce. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> well, at least you know that you're going to be, you know, coming out at the end of the day with something completely unique. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the... That's what you want anyway. You don't want to be like anyone yeah. else. If you think of all the best producers in the world, they've totally created a sound for themselves. Um, and yeah. yeah, I guess that's what I'm saying out to do, hopefully. <laughs> Who are your kind of top three producers that you love the work of? Oh, okay. So I love um, that production duo I mentioned earlier, Lyra. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I also love Ian Kirkpatrick what a legend I because he did um like look at a now Selena Gomez and I think he did um don't start now Julia as well um nice. yeah just just like the cleanest most like groovy pop production it's just insane um and I also love Zed I'm not gonna lie like I'm a big Zed fan girl <laughs> yeah. yeah that's probably like There's no shame in that <laughs> yeah I love Zed. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but it's been so great to speak to you as always. I'm going to ask you this uh, this first last question, um, but I feel like you'll be torn because I know that you work with a lot of artists who release a lot of songs, but just, just give me the first one that pops into your head. What is your track of the week? Track of the week? Just a song that you love. Oh, that you've been playing a lot. Okay, this, I, you know, I know I really like a song because like when like you know when you get in the shower and you just put music on this is the song i've been typing in probably for like two weeks um and it's this wow. is this is how you feel by loot honestly the production is like everything i ever want to be able to produce it's like that really ah. close percussive Who pop production it? um so loot's a guy and girl duo um and i can't remember their names but the guy in the duo produced it and it's just oh it's just like it's just such good pop production and the songwriting is just like really catchy and simple and yeah it's everything I love nice. in a pop song so that's what's been on repeat for me my final question is what is the best lesson that you've learned in your career so far Ooh, that is hard <laughs> I think it's like trying to be more confident in what you call yourself for me as a producer I wouldn't have called myself a producer confidently a year ago I think I mentioned that earlier but just just like owning owning what you do is really really important I think especially as a woman in audio that is very important um but yeah like I remember when I had my first like cut out as a producer and I still didn't have writer producer in my Instagram bio it said songwriter and it's just like no I I literally have a cut as a producer I should be calling myself a writer (laughs) producer um yeah but yeah shouting about your work is not something to be embarrassed about as well that's definitely something I've learned um and yeah just just owning what you do is is a good good thing yeah calling yourself what you are being proud of it you I mean you're doing so well and you've not even been doing it that long it's amazing to see well thanks (laughs) well thanks so much for speaking to me and I hope you have a great week thanks for having me speak to you later Thanks for tuning in to this episode. Be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think. And I will see you next time on Backstage Pass.